You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So we're going to continue on now. We're going to look at uh, the Oakland Raiders today. We're going to kind of look at them. They are another home opponent. Third on our list, we've already looked at the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers. So as a very brief summary, the Carolina Panthers are in a little bit of a tough spot. I feel like this is a team that's kind of declining. Their salary cap is not working in their favor, so you kind of get the impression that the smart thing to do would be to start acknowledging that you're in a rebuild. Start tearing a few things apart, work on you know fixing the salary cap so that in um, 2020 you've got a little bit more money you can spend in free agency, hopefully uh, stack up a couple of draft picks, whether that means trading back in this draft, you know, if the opportunity presents itself, obviously not just do it just for the sake of doing it but also looking at uh, maybe trading away a couple players that maybe have a little bit left in the tank, but, um, you know, you can't really afford to play them, whatever, whatever. Either way, anything can happen, but the Panthers not in a super great spot. The Broncos looking a little bit better, a little bit healthier. Uh, they got the new coach. They're kind of they're kind of on the other end of the rebuild, right? They're, uh, they've hired some new coaching staff. Um, the defense should be improved with Vic Fangio would be my assumption. They do have a decent amount more money to play with. They also have some players that they can move on from to save a ton more money. Although, as we talked about, without just about everybody, it's it's kind of a it's a tough sell. You know, they could save I, th- I think it was in and around ten million dollars to unload Emmanuel Sanders. But if you do that, you're kind of in a tough spot um, with maybe not having super talented wide receivers. They got some young guys, whatever. I mean, it, it's. It's tough, but they're in relatively good shape as far as, you know, the first step of a rebuild, they're in pretty good shape. The biggest question for them is going to be, is Vic Fangio a good head coach? Because we don't know that. He did a good job with the Bears as a defensive coordinator, taking good players and making them, you know, getting the best out of already pretty good players. I'm impressed by him, but being a head coach is a different animal, especially a defensive head coach in an offensive league on a team that's, you know, needs some offensive help. So we'll see. As I said, we're going to revisit this uh, post-free agency, post-draft, and then probably uh, prior to the season, kind of run through. um, We actually did this last year, too, looking at the opponents and kind of running through them really quickly before we get to the start of the season, just so we can kind of look at final roster cutdowns, the shape of the team, you know, post-injuries and uh, guys that got cut and whatnot. So anyways, that's about the end of that. Today, as I said, we're looking at the Oakland Raiders. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. 
Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So as I've done previously, what I'd like to do is look at, um, I want to kind of run through their free agent salary cap situation just to kind of get an idea before we go position by position. We already have an understanding of which guys maybe are or aren't going to be here, how much money they have, you know, you know, then when we look at, well, this guy we know is a free agent, should we bring him back? Well, let's look at some of the depth that they have. So very quickly, the Oakland Raiders at this point in time, and, and we'll talk about the draft, but they are absolutely stacked. And this is the thing, too, I want to keep in mind. A lot of people, when I'm, I'm sure when they looked at the Packers' schedule, if they looked at it, or not the schedule, but the opponents, saw the Raiders and thought, oh, Raiders at home, that's a W. You know, stuff changes from year to year, and one year a team's a laughingstock, the next year they're pretty solid. So maybe more so than other teams, I want this to be how the Raiders end up being a better team than the Packers in 2019, not because I believe they are, but I want to just kind of bring us back to earth a little bit, similar to what I did with the Bears last year, when everybody just started laughing and said, we're going to smoke them. And I'm going, man, I don't know. <laughs> They're going to be pretty good this year. And turns out they were. So first of all, before we even look at their roster and the fact that it's maybe not as bad as we just assume it is, this is a team that has $71 million in cap space. Now they've got a decent amount of free agents. We'll talk about it. But with Gruden being just sort of the, the ultimate chopper, wanting to bring in guys that sort of fit his image and his vision for the team, I could see him letting maybe more of these free agents go, possibly even moving on from some of these other guys, and we'll go through that as well, you know, guys that we can maybe move to save a little bit of money, you know, in addition to the $71 million. But lots of draft picks, a good amount of cap space. If there's a team that has the ability to improve the most, I, it's hard to make a case for anybody but the Oakland Raiders. So just to recap really quickly their draft position, as most of you probably already know, they have three first-round draft picks, one for the Khalil Mack trade from the Bears, one from the Dallas trade for Amari Cooper. Their, tr their pick is pick four. So they have pick four, pick 24, pick 27, and then they have pick 35 in the second round. So that is to say, by the time we get to pick 35, basically the start of the second round, that will be their fourth pick. They also have pick 63 in the third, they have pick 100 in the fourth, they have 131 in the fifth, they have 184 in the sixth, and then they have two seventh round picks, one from the Seattle Seahawks. They have 10 total draft picks, but again, it's not even so much the quantity of the picks, it's that, that initial four picks in the top 35 where they can do the absolute most damage. Now that's going to depend on John Gruden being a good GM, I have no idea. His ability to evaluate talent and and you know is he going to be prideful and say this is my job and I'm going to do this and kind of take a heavy hand in doing this or is he going to surround himself with really good people and let them help him in this process I mean I pick four it's going to be hard not to luck into something but um, anyways that's kind of that so that's again 
really good opportunity to really improve this team. We're talking about maybe having to go up against a um, Nick Bosa, Quinn and Williams, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe Ed Oliver, even though he's kind of dropping down the board. But there's going to be some some people that can do a lot of damage that the Packers are going to go have to go up against, and we can laugh all we want now. I don't know how funny it's going to be when we, when we go toe-to-toe with some of these guys. But uh, anyways, let's look at a couple of their free agents to see maybe some people they could be losing. Uh, just running through right away, tight end Jared Cook, uh, probably going out the door, but we'll look at that. He's a free agent. Running back is a tough spot. Jalen Richard, Doug Martin, and Marshawn Lynch, all free agents. Marshawn Lynch ended on IR. Uh, Jalen Richard is a restricted free agent, but a free agent nonetheless. At wide receiver, Martavis Bryant, Brandon LaFell, Dwayne Harris, all free agents. Seth Roberts and Jordy Nelson are 2020 free agents, so they've got a lot of decisions to make there over the next couple of years. Offensive line, TJ Clemmings, Denzel Good, Chaz Green, the tackles, all free agents. John Feliciano at guard, and then uh, even more so, Donald Penn, Denver Kirkland, uh, those guys are 2020 free agents. So there's a lot of turnover, but at the same time, I think, again, Gruden sort of embraces that. He's going to bring back his core guys. A lot of these guys, he's going to say, just go ahead because I'm going to get my own guys, especially some of the older guys, and if I can recoup some more money and go into free agency and get guys that I like or trade some of these guys for additional draft picks. Um, and another thing to keep in mind here as we go through this, there's a lot of talent that ended on IR. Marshawn Lynch, Brandon LaFell, John Feliciano, Gabe Jackson, their starting right guard, TJ Clemmings, Donald Penn at tackle. So when we evaluate this team and say, look how bad they were, a lot of hurt guys. Flipping over to the defense, the defensive tackles, uh, Jonathan Hankins, free agent, uh, Clint McDonald, free agent. At, uh, man, I forgot how to say his name. Atiba Rubin? I knew how to say it and I forgot. Free agent and ended on IR. You look at their defensive ends, real tough spot. Um, out of the five they have listed, Arden Key is the only one that's not a free agent. Frosty Rucker, uh, Jacques Smith, Coney Ely, Shalee Calhoun. All free agents this year with the exception of Arden Key is the only one that's not, and he wasn't super great this past year. I mean, decent, but, you know, when you figure, I don't know, a year and a half ago he was a lock number one overall pick, and then he just completely flopped. Not great. So they've got some decisions to make there. Shalee Calhoun and Jacques Smith all ended on uh, IR. At defensive tackle, Eddie Vanderdose, the former teammate of uh, of Kenny Clark and uh, Atiba Rubin, also were on IR last year. None of their linebackers are going anywhere. Not that they have elite linebackers, but that's something that they can at least take a breath on. Uh, looking at their cornerbacks, Daryl Worley, Dexter McDonald, Rahan Melvin, Leon Hall, Ben Benwickery, <coughs> Ben Benwickery, excuse me, whatever his name is. All free agents, Dexter McDonald, Daryl Worley, and Leon Hall, and Tevin Mitchell, all IR. They had a lot of hurt people. Safety, uh, Marcus Gilchrist, Eric Harris, Reggie Nelson, all free agents. Reggie Nelson was on IR. So in total, they've got 25 guys that are scheduled to be free agents, which is a big number, uh, in addition to 15 guys that ended the season on IR. Flipping over, and again, we're just looking, I'm not saying, this is just more information to take in as we look at the roster overall. Throwing out some names of guys that potentially, if we got rid of them, could free up a lot more money. I'm not saying yes or no yet. We'll get to that when we actually go through the roster and see, do we have somebody that can back them up if we get rid of them? 
Uh, so the first one right out of the gate, uh, Kalecio Semeli. He's owed uh, $10 million this year. There's zero dead cap. So if we move on from him, we just save flat out $10.5 million. He's a left guard. Not super old. We're talking 30 years old. But um, that's one option for $10 bucks saved. Donald Penn, I would assume, isn't going anywhere. Again, we'll revisit that. Very talented offensive lineman. Um, but that would save $5.5 million. Gabe Jackson, another offensive lineman. Um, that would save $7 million. There's no dead cap money. He's only 28, so he's relatively young. But uh, $7 million is $7 million. We'll have to take a look at uh, whether or not he's worth keeping or getting rid of or whatever the case. A.J. McCarron, definitely something to think about. Zero, zero dead cap, $5 million saved. It's not that much money if you like him as a backup. If you like A.J. McCarron, $5 million is nothing. But if he's, if he's not worth anything to you, I would probably say you should probably just keep that money, but I don't know. That depends. Seth Roberts, uh, no dead cap getting rid of him, $4.6 million. And then as we get into it, there's just there's not much, right? Uh, Derek Carrier, there's no dead cap, but it only saves $1.7. So, yeah, if you want to move on, who cares? But we're not talking about, what are we talking about, like one-fifth to one-tenth of what you would need to sign a free agent? So that's sort of the overview of the the, uh, the Timo at least as far as the draft and everything else. So now let's turn our attention to the um, the actual roster, see who's good, who's not, and then kind of use the information we have and try to see potentially the team we could be going up against in 2019. First off, at quarterback Derek Carr, um, I mean, he's, he's just kind of mediocre. Granted, he doesn't have a lot of weapons to play with. He really took off in 2016. Kind of regressed in 2017, took a little bit more of a step in 2018. But, I mean, he's he's pretty much, throughout his career, if you balance it out, he's been pretty average. And it's kind of leveled off since 2016, the last two years, being just kind of a mediocre kind of guy. He was ranked 21st overall in the NFL. Again, give the guy a little bit of help. Give him a, a running back that can stay healthy, stay on the field, and have some kind of a talent there. You know, give him a healthy offensive line. Give him some wide receivers that have some talent instead of shipping him off. But either way, if I had to guess, I would say John Gruden is looking at getting a new quarterback. He said he's not, but that's what you have to say to your quarterback. Um, the big question for me is going to be, is he going to take a swing this year or next year? I would guess smart money is on waiting until next year. Right? Use this draft and whatever free agent money you feel like spending on fortifying your team. Help your offensive line get some weapons, maybe get a running back, come back next year as everybody. So so last year in the draft, a lot of quarterback needy teams went and got quarterbacks. If you pull yourself out of the race, there's not that many teams, especially when you look at free agency, guys like Foles, um, the, the, uh, the Colts guy, I forget his name. There's some free agents. You got three or four different guys. By the time next year rolls around and it's a deep quarterback class, how many teams are looking to, to get quarterbacks? You know, maybe the Chargers, if they're looking for a, a backup, the Rams aren't, the Texans aren't, the Titans I don't think are, the Jaguars maybe, but there's a good chance they grab a quarterback this year, Panthers aren't, Cardinals just got a guy, Bears have a guy, maybe the Bengals, Bills already got a guy, maybe the Broncos, Browns got a guy, Buccaneers eh, maybe, point is though, I mean, you're, you're depending on how good or bad you are this season, you could have the pick of the litter including the golden boy himself. As long as you're higher than a couple of these other teams, he's, he's yours for the taking, man. 
say there's like seven teams that need quarterbacks this year, and I just made that number up, but if, if two or three get solved in free agency and another three get drafted, how, how many are left next year in a deep draft class? Not to say these guys aren't going to get taken. Somebody will take them. They don't care. Patriots will end up getting one, and then that'll just be another 50 years of dominance. But I'm just saying, if, if it's me and I'm trying to be intelligent about it, maybe you just hold off. Unless, you know, I mean, you got to do your evaluation. If you've got somebody that you think is an absolute freak and he's just sitting there at four, pull the trigger. But either way, whether it's this year or next year, I do think uh, they're going to move on. You know, based on the rhetoric, based on what he's said, it does sound like he wants to maybe stick with him a little bit. And maybe he does kind of like him. Maybe he wants to see what he can do with a little bit more talent. But um, otherwise, the, the other issue here, and here's maybe... A different play that you could make is if you do draft a quarterback, you can not only get rid of A.J. McCarron, which saves you a little bit of money because he was absolutely horrific in his small sample size, but the only other guy behind that is Nathan Peterman, who we all know is pretty horrific. Neither of these guys have ever demonstrated anything. A.J. McCarron has never been any good ever. If you draft a guy, and I, I mean, who's, who's somebody we could think about? Maybe not one of the super early guys, but um, maybe at the back end of the first, you look at a guy, uh, you know, Drew Locke, if he's sitting there, or uh, Daniel Jones, possibly second round, third round guy, just just to kind of round out the back half so that, you know, maybe if we get a stud or a guy that's really good, maybe he could potentially take over Derek Carr's spot. But otherwise, we're just looking at it as we need to fill some depth because we are getting rid of A.J. McCarron and we are going to save that $5 million, which absolutely I would. I would rather have $5 million than A.J. McCarron. It's not even close. Looking at wide receiver as it stands, Jordy Nelson is the only guy who's any good on that team. Um, The guys that we have to make decisions on would be guys like Seth Roberts, who are under contract, but is one of the guys that we could move to save a little bit of money. We're talking about $4.5 million, which isn't a ton, especially for a number two wide receiver, but for a guy that's I mean, there's a lot of people we have that have at least as much, ta- as much talent as him. Dwayne Harris, uh, LaFell, um, Martavis Bryant, uh, you know, even some guys that maybe didn't quite grade out as well. It's basically the same amount of production. Keon Hatcher, uh, Marcel Aitman, and Aitman's a rookie, so we can, we can look to him. So it, it's sort of a situation where we could say goodbye to, to any one of these guys, whether they're free agents or a guy like Seth Roberts that saves us an, an additional $4.5 million. But can we do all of them at the same time? Uh, the free agents, if we get rid of Seth Roberts, the next guy that had um, the next amount of snaps was Marcel Aitman. He's a free agent. Behind him, you know, Dwayne Harris is a free agent. Can we also get rid of him? Brandon LaFell, can we also get rid of him? Martavis Bryant, I mean, literally, I can count... The amount of total snaps. It's it's uh, 15 snaps for uh, Saeed Blacknall and 6 snaps for Keon Hatcher, or 16 and 6. 22 total snaps, not including Jordy Nelson, for all the other people that we would have to get. So we got, we got to make a decision, either keep Seth Roberts and keep that money or re-sign some of these guys. You're probably going to keep Seth Roberts because he's your maybe second best guy. Maybe Seth Roberts and Martavis, I don't know. It really just depends on the money. I, I just want to keep maybe the, the three cheapest guys that I can because, again, they're all similarly talented. Uh, Jordy's the only one that stands out, and it's not even that he's necessarily elite. It's just he's the only one with a good grade that has some redeemable quality. But resign what you have to resign. Obviously, we want to keep Marcel Aitman. Actually, that's not true. Marcel Aitman also is not on the chopping block in any capacity because he's a rookie. He had 370 snaps. So we're going to have Jordy. We're going to have Aitman. 
maybe like the next two really cheap guys because we've got Saeed Blacknail and Keon Hatcher who aren't going anywhere. Uh, we got Rashard Davis who hasn't done anything yet, but he's on the team. Just keep a couple cheap guys and then we'll look to free agency or the draft to, to maybe add somebody that has some actual talent. So kind of recapping thus far in terms of um, actual talent that they have, they've got a mediocre quarterback and not a lot of weapons, but plenty of opportunity to fix it. The, the problem with all this is, I'm going to say that about everything. At some point you run out of draft picks, at some point you run out of money. Especially when we consider, okay, so you got four in the top 35. Once you get to like the sixth round, I can't assume anyone's going to even be a contributor. Even the fifth round, you know. How scared am I of your fourth round wide receiver? Not super scared. So, you know, okay, so you got to get a quarterback in the second or third round, and now you got to get a wide receiver or two. Are you going to use a first round pick on that? I mean, that'll probably help a lot, but that's a first round pick you're not using on something else. Now we move on to running back. We're in a similar situation. Doug Martin and Jalen Richard were the top two running backs with Marshawn Lynch on IR. Those are the top three running backs. All of them are free agents. Marshawn Lynch is getting to an age where it's becoming unlikely that we're going to want to pay him to stick around. He was technically the best running back that they had on the team, but I mean, we're talking about a guy that's going to be 33 years old. So I, you know, I don't know. If we keep none of them, we just, we don't have a lot of options. DeAndre Washington had 70 total snaps. That's it. Doug Martin and Jalen Rashard, I mean, none of these guys really showed anything. And if it's me, I'm saying we got to get a running back. But we got to get a little bit of everything, so what do you do? Do you dare take a swing on a Le'Veon Bell and just say, there, it's solved? Because to be honest, okay, so we let Marshawn Lynch walk because he's just too old, even though he's probably the better guy. Doug Martin and Jalen Rashard, I think, are better as maybe your your backup running backs. I don't want them to be number one. They're not that quality. I know Doug Martin had a stint where he was really good, but you got to let that go. That was a long time ago. We need a number one running back. And unless you want to re-sign Marshawn Lynch and hope he can stay healthy and let him be your number one, maybe that's just the best option because it's the easiest and cheapest. I mean, you get him for, geez, I don't know, three, four million bucks. They only paid him like four and a half this past year. He's a year older. We just give him four even, I don't know, and then just call it good and hope he doesn't get hurt, and then let one of those two, whether it's Jalen Richard or Doug Martin, walk. Probably keep Jalen because he's a really good receiving back. So then you got Marshawn and Jalen kind of complimentary, but the, it, then you have the problem of if Marshawn Lynch goes down, you got Jalen Richard, who's just not a good running back. He's just a straight-up receiving back. So they're complementary strengths, but if you lose a guy, then you just don't have those strengths anymore. You don't have a running back. So... You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't really know the best option here. Maybe it's to keep Marshawn Lynch, Jalen Richard, let Doug Martin walk, and then draft a guy. I, you know, I don't know. Moving on to the tight ends. Um, Jared Cook, it, I mean, it seems like a pretty relatively easy solution, I suppose. I mean, he was the best receiving tight end that they have. But they've got some pretty good guys. Uh, Lee Smith, Derek Carrier is, I guess, not that good. Darren Waller showed up pretty good on his limited snaps. But Lee Smith is solid. Now, maybe it was a complete fluke because he's been around for kind of a long time and he's been not very good for a long time, but he had a good year. So I don't know, maybe maybe there's a little bit of heartburn. And again, we're in that same spot again where it should be an easy decision. We Jared Cook is getting older. He's still talented, but do we really want to pay him to stick around another year? Um, but if we don't and Lee Smith goes back to being what he's always been and nobody else is there, <laughs> this is another situation where 
the best option is we got to draft somebody. We need somebody that's talented but has some youth. Not, you know, we don't want our only talent to be a 400-year-old person, right? The our our best running back who's a free agent, Marshawn Lynch. Well, I know our our best wide receiver, Jordy Nelson. Well, that's not great. Our our quarterback is Derek Carr. I mean, yeah, okay. Our best tight end is Jared Cook. I mean, yeah, kind of like to to move on a little bit, I guess. So I mean, it's a tough spot, and it's going to be one of the, some of these guys have to get re-signed. Yeah, I mean, you just unless he's just going to continue this purging phase, and we get rid of Marshawn, we get rid of Jared Cook, and we just really tank the season. And and from a Packers perspective, that'd be great. You got Derek Carr, who's mediocre. A top wide receiver is Jordy Nelson. Your top running back is Doug Martin. Maybe unless you don't keep him either. Um, your top tight end is Lee Smith, who had one good year. I don't know, man. I suppose you could look at it and say Jared Cook has been a pretty consistent and talented uh, receiving tight end for a long time. What's one more year? So maybe you do sign Jared Cook again. If they do, from our perspective, you know, Jared Cook's pretty talented. He creates a problem. If they don't, we're in pretty good shape, depending on who they draft. Uh, Moving on to offensive line, starting from the inside out, they have Rodney Hudson at center. Guy's really talented. Uh, he was uh, graded as the fourth best center in the NFL. He's getting up in age, though. He's going to be uh, 30 years old this year. But at the very least, from my perspective, at least I have something I can finally latch on to. It doesn't cost. It doesn't save us really anything to cut him. There's no reason to cut him. We need offensive line. We've got a good offensive lineman. This one is at least settled. Um, once we get to guard, though, things start to get a little more fuzzy. Our two guards, our left guard is uh, Kalechi Osemele, and our right guard is Gabe Jackson. Both of these guys are signed, but both of them have the opportunity to give us a lot of money if we get rid of them. Now, I would assume Gabe Jackson we're going to keep because he's the only guard we have that has some redeemable qualities. He seems to be getting a little bit worse, but he's been pretty steady, solid, kind of goodish, I guess, for quite a while. He did end the season on IR, which isn't great. But uh, hopefully we get him back, and now we got Rodney Hudson, Gabe Jackson. It's a decent little group here. Now, Gabe would save us $7 million, which is a lot of money. But again, we got to have him, right? We, we, we have to have some talent somewhere. We've got him signed through 2022. Let's just keep paying the guy. It's not going to kill us. We have a lot of money. If we want more money, we can get it from somebody else. We can squeeze somebody else out. But um, let's try to build up this offensive line a little bit in the draft and free agency, whatever. Let's not touch the uh, the right guard, Gabe Jackson, please. Thank you very much. Beyond that, though, you start looking at Osemele, and it's a different story. You can save $10 million getting rid of this guy, and I'm telling you, no so bueno. The question, however, though, is that they're going to have to assess what's going on with him because from 2014 to 2016, he was about as good as you can get at guard. I mean, just dominant. 2017, he took a step back, but he was still good. 2018, completely fell off a cliff. Now, he was hurt. He From weeks 5 through 8, the guy just didn't play. He was presumably hurt. I don't know. Maybe that factors in. So if you're good there, then you just keep paying the guy. You've got your two guards and everything's fine. Um, but that's a pretty big decision because if he can't hack it, we're talking again 10 million bucks. I mean, you, could, you can go into free agency and just get a guy for 10 million. You can get a really good guard for 10 million bucks and just take his 10 and give it to somebody else could even like add two onto it and make it 12 million and pay a lot of money for a guard and it's really only costing you two million dollars a year cap space um but behind them Chaz Green, Justin Murray, Denzel Good, John Feliciano, Denver Kirkland none of these guys are any good 
So at the very least, we just don't have any depth. So maybe this is a situation where we don't cut anybody. We keep these guys. We hope that they can play at a high level. And we look, you know, fourth, fifth round at getting some depth. Maybe free agent. I don't really know. But we got to at least get depth somewhere. Uh, kicking it out to tackle, this is where things really start to um, start to hurt a little bit. Now, I mentioned Donald Penn, very, very good offensive lineman. Um, has been for the entirety of his career, not necessarily elite for all of it, but he's never really been bad until 2018. But he spent almost the entire year on IR, so you can't really count that. Um, considering we're only talking about freeing up about $5.5 million if we let him go, there's really no reason to do that. He's in the final year of his contract. He's 36 years old. Just let him play it out, man. We're not going to re-sign him. I don't want a 37-year-old tackle, but the guy has just been top of his game since forever. And by the way, I love this because almost to the extent, and it sounds ridiculous, but almost to the extent that I'm just dreading the day when Aaron Rodgers is not going to be on this team. I feel the same way about David Bakhtiari, but seeing a guy that can play at a high level at 36 years old, 35 years old, gives me some confidence, man. makes me happy. There's a lot of tackles that can do it for a long time. But anyways, uh, yeah, we're definitely going to bring back Penn. Uh, it depends. I, I, I don't know his situation. Maybe he's hurt really bad. Maybe he's done. Maybe he's going to retire. I don't, I don't know. But uh, one of the bigger problems that they're going to have here, and this is this is good opportunity for us if we invest in our pass rushers, they went early and got a guy by the name of Colton Miller. They put him at left tackle. Um, he's been relatively predictably a disaster. Actually, probably not even that predictable because it's been worse than anybody would have thought. It was too early, but even if you got Colton Miller in the second round, this is a disappointing uh, outing. And everybody on this team has been pretty terrible. Uh, they've got TJ Clemmings. David Sharp, Jamar McGloster, Brandon Parker, none of these guys are any good. So even if Donald Penn does come back, and even if he's dominant, they've got a good right tackle, maybe a couple of good guards, depending on how they can play in a good center. So for the most part, it's there, but at the very least, they're going to have a really tough time at left tackle, unless Colton Miller takes a massive leap in his second year. So, you know, kind of recapping the offense, best case scenario... Colton Miller takes a step and is decent. Donald Penn comes back and is dominant. The two guards play and are at their peak performance, and then they have a top-five center. So they've got a really good offensive line, but even then, they don't really have anybody that can run the ball. Best-case scenario there outside of we draft somebody that's a stud is we keep Marshawn Lynch, and we've got Marshawn Lynch running the ball. Even then, they've got a mediocre quarterback throwing to subpar wide receivers unless we invest in wide receivers. But again, how many times can we say, well, they do have four in the top 35. So I suppose a running back and a wide receiver and a guard <laughs> or a tackle or something, uh, it's not impossible. And then uh, a tight end. So, you know, again, this is why we want to revisit this because there's a lot of question marks. It could, and it's a massive swing. If they let a lot of guys go or if guys don't step up, you know, some of these guys had down years, some of these guys were injured. We don't know if Donald Penn is even going to play, come back, what's going to happen there. This could be a horrific offensive line with no offensive weapons for a mediocre quarterback, or it could be kind of a revamped, decent-looking offense. Either way, I, I you know, if, if we're going to assume, and I am because it's the offseason, there's no reason to assume anything other than the Packers are going to be really good, you know, for the sake of just uh, kind of playing around here, our defensive front should be able to handle this. Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark, possibly Muhammad Wilkerson, or somebody else in the draft, very defensive tackle-heavy draft. Um, a, a, a decent pass rusher to go up against Colton Miller should be just an absolute done deal. Our linebackers should be able to handle just about everybody. 
they don't have a whole lot going on, especially if we have a defensive tackle group or a defensive front that's solid. It'll take a lot of pressure off our linebackers having to be elite. And then our corners, you know, assuming there's even any improvement whatsoever, you know, Jair should be able to handle his responsibilities and our other guys, you know, somebody, somebody's got to step up. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of putting the gauntlet down, man, because I, I just, I can't handle another year of bad cornerback play when we've invested this much. Kevin King better step up. Josh Jackson better step up. Bashad Breland, if we keep him around, better step up. Because these guys did not play. Yeah, I know. I saw the flashes. I don't want flashes. I want a good football player. Well, you didn't see Bashad Breeland with that pick, man. Yeah, I saw it. So what? Lots of garbage cornerbacks got picks. It doesn't mean anything to me. He had a good game once. Great. Did you see when he was terrible the rest of the year? Did you catch that one? I want a good cornerback. A good one. I don't want to have to dip back into the corner. I don't want to invest another first-round pick into a cornerback. That's ridiculous. Please, 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 please. And, you know, new coaching staff coming in. Hopefully we can get some improvement, get get something out of these guys, because Joe Witt, as much as everybody loved him and, oh, how dare you get rid of him, the guy was given premium talent every single year and could never make anything out of them. They were always garbage. That's unacceptable. Anyways, let's, uh, let's flip her over to defense, shall we? We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So uh, we're going to start with uh, cornerback because I feel like it. Just start with DBs in general. We'll do corners and then safeties just because, you know, hopefully we can throw the ball on these guys. As it stands right now, not a lot of talent. Gary Ann Conley is a relatively young guy. He's going into his third year. Um, not a huge amount of promise there. He actually took a step back this past year. He's their number one guy. Um, Devontae, regardless of the situation, and, you know, again, got to have that number one corner. They don't have a number one corner. As it stands, Devontae's going to just destroy everybody on this team. If we end up drafting another wide receiver, it's it's game over. Now, we could say, well, then maybe they'll get themselves. Maybe. Maybe they will get a corner and a running back and a tight end and a bunch of wide receivers and a couple guards and a tackle and a new quarterback. And I hope they have 15 first-round draft picks because I don't know how else they're going to get all this done. But they, they just don't have anyone. And again, they've got some serious problems here because we're talking Daryl Worley, Dexter McDonald, Rashawn Melvin, Leon Hall, Ben Benwickery, Benay Benwickery, excuse me, Four guys out of this group of not very talented people that um, you have to decide who you're, decide who you're going to re-sign. Now, we can look at it and say, well, none of them are any good. Just get rid of all of them. But then what does that leave you with? The guy with the second most amount of snaps was Rashawn Melvin. He is a free agent. You're going to re-sign him? For how much? He's not good. So what do you do? Second most snaps, Benet Benwickery. Also not good. Also a free agent. What are you going to do? The uh, fourth most amount of snaps, Daryl Worley. Going right down the list, also a free agent. Also a really terrible cornerback. What are you going to do? Number five, Leon Hall, also a free agent, also not very good. What are you going to do? I mean, you got to go all the way down to Nick Nelson before you get a hold of somebody that um, had 300 or more snaps. Actually, <laughs> well, well, we'll continue on, but there's basically nobody else. This guy is, is abysmal. 
He's a rookie, so we'll see, but really, really terrible. So, I mean, the bottom line is they need help here. The only real positive here is that going into the draft, you, you can and should, and we'll see if Gruden does, you just take the best available. You give you take whoever the board gives you because there's really nowhere that we've talked about where it's like, yeah, I'm good. Even offensive line, you know, you've got a good center. Okay, so you don't maybe want to take a center, but you're there's no centers anywhere until like the fifth round. Slight exaggeration. But the point is, it doesn't matter. If, if the best player available is a quarterback questionable. Best player is a wide receiver? Yes, you take him. Best player is a running back? Take him. Best player is a tight end? Take him. Best player is a guard or a tackle? Take him. Best player is a cornerback? You take him. There's no conflict here. Get studs. I mean, every team probably should do The Packers, who have stuff settled, need to do that same thing. If 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 a guy like Quinn and Williams is available, not like it's really deba- debatable, but you don't look at that situation and go, oh, we've got defensive tackles. We're fine. Nonsense. You take Quinnen. So, anyways, moving on to safety now. This is one area where, so far, seemingly pretty good. Uh, Carl Joseph and Eric Harris are their two safeties. Eric Harris is a restricted free agent. Basically, all that means is he's not only talented, but he's young. So, yeah, they're going to resign him. I mean, they absolutely should. He's not going to cost that much. He's a safety, so safeties are relatively cheap. He's also ascending. He's uh, improved every year for three years and then took a really big leap uh, in his third year. So, that's a real promising sign. And uh, for sure, they're going to hang on to this guy. Carl Joseph is our strong safety. Pretty similar. Also a third-year guy. Also took a pretty big leap in his third year. But he's always been like a step ahead every year. Um, But either way, you got three guys, talented guys. Um, Yeah, just hang on to them. They're not elite. We're not talking top ten. But um, decent players. Linebackers. Another tough situation here. 4-3 team, meaning when you're in your base, you need three of them. They don't really have much of anything. Uh, Tahir Whitehead was their, you know, kind of their every down guy. He's just not good, man. He's never been good. I mean, he's been in the league since 2013. It's 2018. 2015 was the only year he was somewhat decent, but he's just, he's not good. Markel, Markel Lee, you know, somewhat decent against the run, but overall just not a very good football player. Mediocre at best. Kind of a rotational guy with uh, Nicholas Morrow. Uh, Morrow is pretty terrible. So there's just not a whole lot here. Jason uh, Cabinda, Cabinda, he had a decent rookie campaign. Maybe you kind of move him up to your Mike linebacker over to here, Whitehead, if you want to, you know, kind of take a shot. But it's another situation where, yeah, if you got, if you need a linebacker, just take him, and it really doesn't matter which one. If Devin White is the top of your board, you're gonna take him. Now I, I feel like there's also gonna be a pull though for Gruden to want to get studs and impact players. So Devin White might be a stud, but the idea that he's going to make an impact like, you know, a, a, a freakish wide receiver, I mean, you're not going to see linebackers get a whole lot of highlight reels. So smart decision would be to take the best available, even if it's a linebacker. But there might be a pull to, you know, especially for Gruden trying to show off a little bit. Whenever I do my mock drafts, it's always kind of there's this tendency to want to get impact players so that everybody mocking me and making fun of me is going to have to watch these highlights of my flashy wide receiver and my edge rusher getting sacks and all this stuff, right? I want my name to go out there and everybody that's ripping on me to have to kind of eat their words a little bit. But uh, yeah, linebacker's not great. And then looking at their front, starting with their interior, uh, Maurice Hurst, pretty talented guy. He was sort of the Ed Oliver-esque kind of guy. Some uh, non-football related stuff dropped him a little bit later. The Raiders ended up picking him up, and he's pretty decent. I think Raiders fans are a little bit over excited about him. 
Uh, they like Maurice Hurst and P.J. Hall, two rookie guys. I mean, it's a it's a decent line. It's not elite. They don't have like, you know, that one elite guy and then a bunch like the Packers have, like the Bears have. Maurice Hurst is decent with a, a decent amount of upside. Um, Jonathan Hankins and P.J. Hall uh, and Clint McDonald are, they're average is what they are, but they're not terrible. They're serviceable is how I would probably put that. Now, you do have uh, McDonald and Hankins and Ruben, who you have to make decisions on because they're free agents. Uh, Ruben's old, ended the year on IR, you know, just not very good. So he probably could go bye-bye. You still have Eddie Vanderdose. Um, he was a rookie in 2017. Wasn't very good. Spent the year uh, out injured. So another young guy with some potential. I would assume you're going to want to re-sign Hankins because without him, you've just got a lot of really young guys that you don't know if you can count on. Um, but McDonald, maybe we can move on from, you know, just, just throwing it out there. One of the two has probably got to go. If I had to pick, I'd stick with Hankins because he just seems to be a little bit more talented. But, you know, again, from our perspective, there's nothing here that's horrifying. Just nothing at all. And then edge, edge defender is exact same thing. I mentioned everybody's a free agent, basically, except Arden Key. Arden Key was not good. He was ranked 92nd overall in the NFL Really, really, really not talented at all. Not good against the pass, against the run, in coverage. Nothing he did was was any good. And again, we're back in this situation where you got a ton of free agents. You have to pay them because you can't just have one guy. So you're signing three or four of these guys. None of them are any good. The best, highest-graded pass rusher they had on this entire team was Shalee Calhoun. He was below average as a pass rusher. They didn't have one above-average pass rusher off the edge, not one. Yeah, so they they have to address this. This probably needs to be a round one addition. They have to address that. They have to get linebackers. They have to get cornerbacks. They have to get tackles. They have to get guards. They probably should look at tight end. Um, They probably should look at running back. They definitely need to look at wide receiver. Maybe consider looking at quarterback. Pretty much everything. Even defensive tackle wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, even though that's the one possibly maybe slightly satisfactory position on the entire roster. That and maybe safety, but even that, I don't think there's anyone on here that I can look at and say they're irreplaceable, no way do you touch them. You can upgrade the safeties. You don't need to, but if you happen to get somebody that's a stud, yeah, it's not. there's no hesitation. There just isn't. So, you know, as I look at this from, again, the standpoint of the Packers going up against this team, first of all, we should absolutely destroy this defense. They don't have the front, uh, depending any serious leaps. If the Packers do hammer uh, the run game and really try to improve that with Aaron Jones, with the offensive line we have, which is talented, hopefully we get some guard help, but you know, if we keep our right tackle, left tackle, and center, those are great fortified positions. Get a little bit of help at guard, really hammer this out, get the tight ends kind of learning how to block. Maybe we keep Mercedes Lewis. Um, I know somebody had mentioned to me on Twitter, the idea that I've been saying, well, we've got the Jaguars guy, maybe we would keep him, and he kind of pointed out, which makes sense, well, he was a part of the crew that uh, decided it was time to move on, so there's that. But whatever, if, if we decide to keep him, draft somebody, whatever, we get these tight ends learning how to block and, and help with the, the run game, get the offensive line coached up a little bit better in run blocking. I I think we could absolutely annihilate them on the ground, and beyond that, we don't really even need to. We're going to, because... You know, LaFleur likes to establish the run a little bit more than McCarthy did. But beyond that, we turn to the pass, and, you know, they, they don't have anything. They've got some decent safeties, maybe some, some decent rookies somewhere, but um, 
yeah, I don't, I don't see too much of a problem. And then, you know, flip it over our defense against their offense. It's largely going to depend on our defense's ability to kind of step up, which I like. I thought our defense did some good things early. A lot of injuries didn't help. But if our defensive line can stay healthy, depending on what's going on with Muhammad Wilkerson in the draft, you know, I, I think the corners stepping up is going to be one of the bigger things. Really good corner play is going to help with an addition of an edge rusher somewhere in this draft class to get a little bit more pressure, plus what we have up the middle with, uh, you know, Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels and who knows who else. Um, you know, additional pressure with better cornerback play. I, I you know, again, the upside is there, but they're really going to have to hit in the draft. They're going to, you know, a lot of these guys that are coming off IR are going to have to go back to their higher production play. I have to assume it's a win, especially in Lambeau, but we'll see what happens. It'll be fun to monitor this post-free agency, you know, see who they cut, who they bring on, who they sign, check it again after the draft to kind of reevaluate things um, and uh, kind of see where they're at. But that's going to do it today, looking at the Oakland Raiders. Uh, tomorrow, pending any new stuff coming on, we would be looking at the Philadelphia Eagles. So that one will be interesting. I think their uh, salary cap is not great, but obviously a talented team. So, um, yeah, we'll have to be sure to check that one out. Talk about it tomorrow. I'll talk to you later. Have a good one. Uh, Bye-bye.